you haven't had the pleasure of meeting, my name is John. I'm one of the pastors here. And I'm here on behalf of, thank you, of our lead pastor, Pastor Gabby. Uh, can I get a little bit of house lights? It's a bit dark up here in the front. Thank you so much. Amen. Do you like who you're sitting next to today? Do you like? It don't matter. You better like them. Hello. Amen. On behalf of our lead pastor, Pastor Gabby. Come on, how many of you guys love our lead pastor, Pastor Gabby? Humbled and I'm honored to be bringing the word today. Who's ready for the word today? Who's ready for the word? I tell you, I just, I just preached this in our Pointiana campus. We have a 10 a.m. service over there. I just preached it and, and man, lives are changed. And, and I believe the same will happen today that God will, I believe God saved the best for last. Come on, somebody. I believe God saved the best for last. Amen. Uh, before we start up, man, I just want to welcome some, v, some very important people, some VIPs. If you didn't know, we are a church for first-time guests. Did you know that? We are a church for first-time guests. I really believe you can trust our church with your friends and your family that don't know Jesus or don't have a church home. Um, and we do have some VIPs in the room today. Church, can we show some love to all of our first-time guests? Can you just make a little bit of noise and just say thank you? Thank you for coming. If it's your first or second time here, honestly, thank you for coming. You could have been anywhere today on a Sunday, uh, but you chose to be here. And here's what I'd like to do. If it is your first or second time today, uh, we have a connection card we'd like to give you for you to connect to our church. And, and uh, I promise we won't, like, blow your phone up or spam your email, but we just want to be able to reach out. We are a church that reaches out. Amen? Um, and just this week, we sent a few text messages out to the church. If you did not receive a text... Uh, then in our connection table out as you exit, there's a connection card. But to all of our first-time guests, can you just raise your hand if it's your first time here today, first or second? Come on, raise your hand. Let's go. I see family, family, family. Can I get like 10 or, or 15 new birth members to get out of their seat and go say hello to them? Come on. Can I get like 10 or 15 people? Come on. Can you keep your hands up? That's three. Can I get more new birth people? They're right here. They're right here. Come on. Can you keep your hands up? We're looking for you. We're looking for you. We're looking for you. Yes, let's go. Say hello. Say hello. Say hello. Say hello. Say hello. I promise we'll do better next week. We'll get more people on their feet to say hi. Man, thank you so much. Our volunteers are coming to you now with a connection card. And um, you want to fill that out. Later when we do generosity and we do offering, we'll be passing around buckets. Feel free to drop that connection card right in the bucket um, as we do offering later on in our gathering today. Um, I have a couple announcements real quick. Today, right after service, we have Next Steps. Have you done Next Steps? Can you just wave at your boy one time? Have you done Next Steps? Yeah, a lot of people waving because that is the membership process of our church. Um, so that's happening. And uh, one last announcement is that baptism is happening February 26th. Come on, baptism. Who believes in baptism? We do. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward confession, and we're doing that February 26th. I'd, I'd invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes if you feel comfortable. I'm going to pray over the teaching and the preaching of God's word. Come on, every head bow, every eye closed. Holy Spirit, you're in this place. God, we showed up, grabbed coffee. We started with, with prayer. We went into worship, and, oh, God, we're ready to hear a word from you. Church, right now where you're at, we just pray a dangerous prayer. Say, God, speak to me today. God, speak to me today. Speak to me today. 
God, I believe one word from you can change a life. I believe one moment, a holy moment, can change a generation. If you're from the house, would you pray for the people sitting on your left and on your right? God, speak to them, Lord. Minister to them, God. We lord over their life. We pray all these things. And everyone says, amen. We have the best worship team in the entire world, and I'm biased by saying that. Can you give God glory for your worship team? Amen. You can stay. I love Danny. Danny can stay. You guys can all get some water, wipe your sweat, and then we'll turn up in the next 18 minutes, all right? So I'll see you in a little bit. We start a new series today. I got to say, this is a great week to come to church. It's a new series. Uh, these sermons have been in the oven, uh, you know, uh, not a real oven, but you know what I mean. It's been cooking uh, for months now, and I'm excited to give the word today. Um, we're starting a series. It's called Who's the Boss? I'd like everyone to say that at the count of three. Uh, not just leaders, but everyone. Let's say who's the boss on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Let's go. It's a great, great question. And I'd like, I think my assignment right now is, is just to go through the book of Genesis chapter one and remind the church who our God is. Amen? It says in Genesis chapter one, verse one, um, and if you don't have a Bible, follow along with me on the screens. It says, in the beginning, God created, come on, the heavens and the earth. I'm going to read with you. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Let's jump down to verse 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. It's amazing. Our God, the God of the universe, creates by just simply speaking. You guys know there's power in God's word. Did you know that? Let there be light. There was like God saw the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day and the darkness he called night and there was evening and there was morning on the first day. God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under, from the vault, from the water above it. And it was so, and he called that vault between, between, between uh, the, the waters, he called it sky. Come on, when you wake up in the morning and you look at the sky, be reminded that this is creation of God. Come on, somebody shout amen. This is our God. He makes the sky. Let's keep, let's keep, let's keep reading. Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. He's just speaking and molecules are forming, rocks are forming. You guys remember all the different types of rocks? No, okay, that's why we didn't need to learn that anyways. And, and, and it was so, and, and verse 10, God called the dry ground land, and, and the gathered waters he called the seas, and God saw that it was good. It's so spiritual to go to the ocean and pray. Like, oh God, you made this water. You told the water to stop here. Come on, we're all my plant people. You love planting. You got an avocado tree, an apple tree. You plant different plants. Come on, be proud of planters. Where you at, planters? Yo, next time you plant a seed, remember, you are literally multiplying the fruit of what God spoke in Genesis around 6,000 years ago. And God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. Some of you guys are like, I can't believe you're reading this. This is so simple. Listen, a lot of people who are Christian don't believe that God created everything with his mouth. It's wild to me, but we got to get back to the basics. Amen. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. 
and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made, so he's talking about stars there. And God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. Wait, wait, wait a minute. So wait. So, so, so in verse 15, the sun comes and the moon comes. But a lot of verses before that, there was already light in the name of Jesus. When God says, let there be light, there's just light. Before the sun showed up, his word was true. Come on. So we're learning something today. Amen. And the lights and the vault of the sky get light on the earth. Let's keep reading. He also made the stars. And God said, let the land produce living creatures. We're all my pet people. You got a dog? Anybody got dogs in here? Amen. Don't sit next to me. I'll start sneezing. I'm not going to ask if you have a cat. No, I'm not. Praying for all of our cat people. <laughs> Cats aren't holy. Anyways, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animal, each according to its kind. He's speaking, and animals, and, and rhinos, and elephants, and giraffes, and little baby monkeys are just forming. And out of his mouth, he's speaking all this into existence. Let's continue to read. And God said, let us, let us, someone say us. He says us because our God is God the Father, God the Son. Come on, say it with me. And God the Holy Spirit is Trinity, God in one. Three and one, one of three. Let us make mankind. So everything was spoken, but when it came, when it came to man, he said, let's make them in our image and in our likeness. Oh, I love that. So that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and all the creatures that move along. Genesis 127, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female, he created them. Powerful verses. NASA just took the furthest picture in human history through satellites and cameras and amazing technology. We were able to capture, and for this picture, when we take this picture, I'd like to, for just a second, if we could turn the lights off, um, just for this picture, just for this picture. I, I want to show it on the screen. Um, and, 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 and this is the furthest image NASA was able to get from our galaxy. Can we show it? Somebody say, wow. Can somebody point out the Milky Way for me? What? Are you kidding me, fam? This came out of his mouth. Some of you guys just you're starting to feel claustrophobic. We're somewhere here. Just, just, just. And then you got to zoom in and then zoom in and you pass, you know, the Milky Way and you go closer and you go closer. You can get the lights on. Thank you. Church, this comes out of the mouth of your God. Scientists, modern science tells us, see, science doesn't disprove God. It, it actually reveals secrets of God. Outer space is expanding every single second. What you can't see are all the black holes that aren't visible to man's eyes. Is my first point today is this, that God is the creator of the universe. He spoke it into existence. Can I give you one of the doctrine we have at our church? At our church, we are an Assemblies of God church, and we believe in the 16 fundamental truths. It's just how we are a full gospel ministry. 
and here's doctrine we're going to be teaching today is this there there is one true god that's what we believe all roads do not lead to heaven that's a good song but that's not true all roads don't lead to heaven God is not also what another's version of religions God is. No, because God is Jesus and Jesus is God. So if they don't confess Jesus to be God, that's not the same God. We believe in one true God. Amen. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. And no one goes to the Father except through me. He didn't say I'm one of the ways to heaven. I'm one of the gates. He says, I am the gate. I am the door. One true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Psalms 139. Man, if you're new in the faith, run through the book of Psalms. It's the biggest book. I'm sorry. But run through it. It says in Psalm 139, verse 7, 8, where can I go from your spirit, O God? Where can I flee from your presence? So not only does God speak galaxies and, and, and planets, he's so big. Oh, but he's still so close to you, church. If you believe that, shout amen in this place. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. This is also proving another characteristic of, of God, and it's just that God is omnipresent. What does that mean? That last night when I prayed before I went to bed, God was in my room. And when you prayed before you went to bed, God was also in your room. God is not over-occupied. Come on, how many guys thank God? He can be everywhere to everything, to everyone. This is the God that we serve. Colossians 1.16. For in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things have been created through him and for him. Which is this next point. That everything is through him and for him. Which leads me to this point and this conclusion that God is the boss. He's the boss if you serve him or not. He's the boss if you worship him or not. If you never come to church again, listen, he's still the boss. If he never hears your worship again, there are angels right now singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Can you lift two hands to heaven and put God back on his throne right now in the name of Jesus? Can you lift your hands? God, you are the boss of everything, God, out of your mouth. Come on, church. I need you to tap in right now because we don't live life all the time remembering that he's the boss. God, you're the boss. You're the boss. You're the creator of my life, of my family, everything I am. Amen. Amen. Do you remember your first job? My first job was Firehouse Subs. Uh, anybody like Firehouse Subs? I just transitioned to Public Subs, okay? That's, that's Chicken Tender Sub, you know what I'm saying? Who throws buffalo sauce in that Chicken Tender Sub? Who, I, I, I see you. I, and Ranch, hello, hello. Hey, throw some banana peppers on half, you know what I mean? Don't, go, don't be crazy all the way like me. Throw it on half and tell me your boy sent you, all right? My first job... Uh, 11, uh, 12 years ago, my first job was uh, Firehouse, but 11 years ago, I, I, I took a second job. It feels like my first job, and it was at Dunkin' Donuts, all right? Um, some of you guys are already mad at me, okay? Okay, like, let's really see who, what church we are. Uh, where are my Starbucks Christians at? Starbucks, all right? Where, where the Bucks at? All right? Where are my Dunkin' people at? Where are my Dunkin' people at? Yes, sir. Okay, okay. I feel you. So I have a confession as a former employee of Dunkin' Donuts, okay? I have a confession, all right? 
there is a reason why when you go to Starbucks at any location, the cup of coffee you receive will be the exact same way. But there's also a reason why you can go to different Dunkins and get a different cup. Anybody, come on, secondhand frustration right now. I remember my first day, uh, the boss was like, hey, so, um, you know, today we have a video training to teach you everything. Like, I remember some lady say, I I'd like it light, light and sweet. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> relax, mama, relax. Uh, they were like, yo, we're going to do a video training. We're going to do a video training, and we're going to train you how to make everything. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. But they're like, but, but the video system's down right now. What we're going to do, we're going to ask you to go on the line and, and just shadow, shadow. You guys know, you ever been to a new job and you're shadowing? You know what I'm saying? They got terms you don't know yet. They got things you don't know. So I'm just shadowing. My brother was already working there, um, like 15 and 16-year-old, and we were closed alone. I'm telling on my, on my former employer. Um, and, and I'll just go with the flow and try to catch everything. And, 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 and long story short, guys, I never got trained. The video system never came back on. Yesterday, this is in front of God. Yesterday, I met a young woman for the first time. She had a Dunkin' Cup. I, was, I used to work there. She goes, I used to work there too. I was like, oh, did you? I asked her the big question, were you ever trained in front of Jesus? She goes, no, the video system was down. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? So all the video systems are down. How do you feel when you ask for a cup of coffee and just doesn't come the right way? Don't you get frustrated? Like, yo, I paid for this. Why am I paying for what I don't want? Listen, it, it's, not, it's not that we didn't. I need you to hear me. I'm preaching right now. It, it's not that we didn't know who our boss was. We just didn't have any training. And this is how I'm preaching because in the church, we... Christians may know who the boss is, but without specific instructions, people hurt in the name of the Lord. People abuse in the name of the Lord. And I want to I heal some people right now. Not my healing, the Holy Spirit's healing. I'm sorry for what they did to you in the name of the Lord. I'm sorry for what happened. I am sorry that some employers did not have the right instructions but the boss has sent me today to tell you that he loves you. And that what happened to you is not an excuse for you to repeat what was done to you. Here's the title of today's sermon. Come on, he's the boss. And we're just going to be real clear, straight up for today. The title of today's sermon is Welcome to Orientation. Welcome to Orientation. Welcome to Orientation. I'd like to read the orientation of God. In, um, it's found in the book of Romans. And I'm jumping to Romans because Romans is one of the most read and reread books of all time. Uh, it's very concise and straightforward in the gospel. Paul's dealing with a secular church. You got Christian gangsters and Christian porn stars and Christian prostitutes. They know who the boss is, but their life isn't really following the way. You guys hear what I'm saying? 
So, so, so Paul's being straightforward with the, with the Roman church. This book, Romans, was written around 57 or 58 A.D. after the resurrection of Christ. And this letter in nature is instructional. It provides direction. It says in Romans 6, chapter 1, we're going to go all the way to verse 13 or, or 14. It says, what shall we say then, is Paul speaking? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? What is grace? Grace is the unmerited favor and blessing of God. Anybody a recipient of the grace of God in this room today? It's the grace. I don't care what sin you have in your life. I don't care what you've done before. Listen, Jesus says, when you come to me, I give you grace. All is gone. All, all the messed up things you've ever done, I have grace for you. But this is the problem that the early church, some people were receiving the grace as a license to continue in sin. They say, oh, but, but I'm giving grace. And, and Paul brings a little correction. He says, shall we go on sinning? By no means. We are those who have what? Who have what? Who have what? We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Man, let's keep reading this amazing poem from him. It's poetic. Or don't you know that all of us, all of us who were baptized into Christ were also baptized into his death. What a perfect image that when Jesus died on the cross and he rose up, it is the same parallel of a symbol that when you dip into waters, the old man is dead and the new man is rising up. We therefore buried with him through baptism and death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, that we too may live a new life or a new birth. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with what we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from their sins. Is anybody grateful today that Jesus doesn't just set you free for the sake of freedom, but he sets you free from the bondage of sin? Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. I, I remember talking to someone from a different religion. It's like, how can your God die? He died to beat death, not to be dead. He killed death. He has mastery over death. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. God did not create Adam and Eve to die. God created them for, to live forever. But when sin came, that's when death came. So God sent his son to conquer death, to eliminate. Come on, anybody in here today? Eliminate that. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Let's keep reading. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought, keep that, from death to life. Salvation is not, now you buy a Bible and you put a verse on your Instagram and on your Facebook and now you wear your hair to the left. It's not salvation. Salvation isn't turning bad people good. Salvation is taking dead people and bringing them alive again. 
Oh, I feel the spirit in this place. 14, for sin shall no longer be your master. For you are under the law. You are not under the law, but under grace. One requirement for orientation today. One point today. Is anybody taking notes? Very simple. This is orientation. It's only one point for orientation. Very simple orientation. It's these three words. Die to self. When you meet Jesus at the cross, he says, okay, now pick up your cross and follow me. Really, my most important and only point today is this. Most of the confusion and the division and the body of Christ is birthed from a misunderstanding of self-sacrifice. Listen, to forgive people, you have to die to yourself. Oh, to be the husband that God is calling you to be, you have to die to yourself. To, to, to step into the spiritual giftings. Come on, how many guys know you got spiritual gifts? To step into that consecration, to activate the spiritual gifts, you have to die to yourself. Come on, anybody want to grow in God? Listen, if you want to grow in the Lord, if you want to grow in the Lord, you have to learn this. I have to die to myself. To build a, a team, to build the church, I have to die to myself. To be a great boss, I've got to die to myself. To be a great employee, I've got to die to myself. Listen, it's hard to tithe if you don't understand the concept of dying. But when you understand the concept of dying to myself, tithe is not in the way, but it is a way to honor God. Come on, am I preaching to anybody in the room? Listen, this is what Christianity is about. And I meet so many Christians. Check one, two. Check, check, check. One, two. Hello. I mean, so, my mouth is so big, I don't even need a mic. I meet so many Christians that... The, the, the hurdles that come in their life, it's, the, it's just a place they got to sacrifice a little bit more. Amen, church. I was brought to the book of Exodus around a month ago, and, and the Lord led me to the tabernacle. Did you know the last 17 or 16 chapters in the book of Exodus is clear instructions from the boss to build a tabernacle. Anybody heard of the tabernacle in the Old Testament? It is the dwelling place of God. Come on, wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. The tabernacle. He says, he says, uh, uh, he gave clear instructions. This is like a, a, a church on the move. It was a portable tent. And that place, what God says is, this is literally the definition of tabernacle. Ready? This is my dwelling place. This is where I will dwell with my people. I will forgive their sins. This is, the, this is the, the covering of sin. It's, it's this, this tabernacle where God abides. Here's what's interesting about all the instructions about the building of this tabernacle in the last few chapters of the book of Exodus. He's very clear that, that you know, there's the Holy of Holies. You ever heard that term before? There's a Holy of Holies. There's so many different components to this tabernacle. But here's something very interesting. At the front of this tabernacle, at the very front, in the very beginning, there was an altar for sacrifice. Where God decides, I need you to hear me today, where God decides to dwell, the beginning is sacrifice. Before you go to the Holy of Holies, before you go deep into the tabernacle, if you were to literally walk in, the first thing you would see is an altar with sacrifice. I put it this way, it's my next point. Sacrifice is at the beginning of God's dwelling place. 
I'd like to read to you Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies. Someone say bodies. As a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Listen, this is so powerful that, that, that Paul says, your bodies. Oh, I need you to hear. Young people, too, you need to hear me. Your bodies sacrifice is also spiritual. Why do modern Christians separate their body from what they believe? Why do we do that? Why do we say, I can be spiritual, but I can do whatever I want with my body? Listen, this is why when we come to church, oh, we got to lift our hands even when we don't feel like lifting our hands. Because when I operate in my body, when I obey in my body, when I worship with my body, something is happening in the spirit. Do I have a church in here? It's a sacrificial worship. I don't care if you don't like the song. I don't care if it's too fast. I'm worshiping with my body because the body leads to the spirit. Don't tell me you're spiritual if your body isn't submitted to God. You can't do whatever you want with your body. This is spiritual worship as a living sacrifice to God. I'll put it this way. Spirituality cannot be separated from the body. In other words, Christianity isn't only cognitive, it's demonstrated. Not only supposed to live here, it's supposed to happen with the hands, y'all, with the hands. Lift your hands to God. Some of us, we don't worship. I mean, we're just, we're just here. How do you expect something to happen in your spirit if your body is in chains? How do you expect? Listen, you can't separate it. And I, and I sound a little dramatic right now because there's a generation rising that believes Jesus is the boss, but is changing their bodies to who they think they should be. And that's not it. Do I have any Christians in here? I hope I'm not stepping on anybody's toes. In the name of Jesus, Lord, give me strength. Your spirit is being strengthened right now, but your flesh is being challenged right now. Because culture says to worship the very thing that God is telling you to sacrifice. God says, give me your body. The world says, do whatever you want with your body. The world says, do what you feel. You feel like your marriage is over? Just quit. No, that's not, that's not it. I, I don't work on my feelings. I need people to hear me today. I don't live life on my feelings. I made a covenant that day. I made a decision that day that if I wake up and I feel it or if I don't feel it, I will love you. Holy Spirit, help us. Can I give you a page out of the Satanist book? They have a book. And there's something from that, that book. It says, do what thou wilt. Do what you want. That is the Antichrist spirit, church. Jesus is coming back soon, church. Where's the, is the mark of the beast a vaccine? Dude, we got to read Revelation a little bit better. The mark of the beast is a spiritual mark. It's people who are lovers of self, Paul says. Worship themselves. Do what you want, the world says. God, Jesus says, not my will, but your will be done. Follow your heart. That is the most demonic advice you've ever heard. The Bible says, do not trust your heart. So wild that God tells us. And here's, here's the truth. I got to confess as a pastor here, I will never abandon scripture to make you feel good. 
I will never abandon this book to grow people in our church. That's demonic. Preaching what people want to hear. I'm going to preach what God tells me to say. You're in good hands. We'll never replace holiness with relevance. We will preach the word. A thousand in front of me, one person in front of me. Just me and my baby girl. What's up, baby? I don't care. Because you know why? You know why? Because when I see Jesus, y'all aren't going to be behind me one day. I see Jesus face to face. Holy Spirit of God. Y'all not going to be cheering me on. Y'all won't be there. It's just going to be me and him. I'm going to say, God, I did what your people said. No, I'm going to say, God, I did what you told me to do. I did what you told me to do. I said yes every single time, Lord. You know my story. I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want this. God told me to do it, and I'm here because he told me to do it. When I bow to man, I bow to Jesus. One day I'll be held accountable for what I did and what I didn't do. And I don't fear man, I fear God. Romans 12.1 says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You see, this is so good because Jesus, here's another one of our doctrines. I'm asking the worship team to come up. Here's another one of our doctrines. Is one of our 16 fundamental beliefs. It's this. It's the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. You ever seen this before, this word, the deity? That doesn't say diet, okay? Jesus was in shape, the deity. No, that's deity, and deity means supreme. He's God. Jesus isn't a good teacher. Jesus, I mean, he was a good teacher, but he wasn't just a teacher. He wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't just a miracle worker. He was the incarnated God, Yahweh. That's who he was who he is so this idea of the deity it means this it it talks about his virgin birth you guys know Jesus was born through a virgin Joseph had an issue with Mary's pregnancy oh wait wait who's the father again the spirit God had to send an angel yo Joe relax Joe relax relax it's the Messiah we believe the virgin birth that's the deity of God of Jesus Another thing we believe in that deity, his sinless life. He who knew no sin became sin. Jesus never failed. He was tempted, but he never sinned. Another thing we believe, the deity of Jesus, his miracles. Come on, you guys know Jesus did miracles, and and the miracles aren't only recorded in our Bible. His miracles are recorded in human history. Did you know that? That the historians of the day would write down who he healed, when he healed, and that is not in the Bible. That's history. That's history. It's in your history. Not only his miracles, but his substitutionary work on the cross. Man, I remember in high school, I loved seeing a substitute, right? We're going to watch a movie today. When I saw a substitute, man, I knew it was like, okay, that's fun. Listen, the cross, the, the cross was your cross. The cross was your cross. Anybody grateful today that you didn't have to die that death? That Jesus died on the cross as you and for you. That's that substitution as you and for you and then he says church now we have to die to ourselves the deity of the lord jesus christ that he died but then he didn't just die for us but he rose for us he rose for us we sang pieces earlier in this worship set and i love that image because here's the truth 
Jesus didn't give a piece of himself for you. He gave all of himself for you. Why are you holding back on God? He didn't hold back on you. Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he has a moment. He says, God, is there any way I can do this without dying? He pleads with the Lord three times. No, it's not going to be another way, Jesus. It's going to be all of you, Jesus. Jesus didn't sacrifice a toe. Wouldn't that be weird? Okay, guys, I, I, my toe died for you. Jesus didn't give a leg of himself. No, Jesus said, here I am, all of me for you. And yet we have Christians that say, I'll only give you Sunday mornings. I hope they sing my favorite song. I'll start giving to church when I feel like it. I'll be committed when someone comes and talks to me. Wait, what? Since when did the place of sacrifice become Walmart? Like, what are we actually talking about? I need someone to persuade me to give my life for God. He gave his life for you, all of himself. What? I hope it tickles my ears. Be careful if you're led by just the teaching you want to hear. In the end times, people will have itchy ears to sound doctrine. We got, we got to stir you up to stuff. No. Man, here's orientation. You've got to die to yourself. Because the end of you is the beginning of him. The end of you is the beginning of him. Let's all stand to our feet today. I'm sorry I preached an extra 15 minutes. I'm so sorry. It says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, whoever finds himself will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Can I read that again over the church? Come on. Actually, as I read this, can you sacrifice your hands and just lift them up in this place? Come on, lift your hands up in this place. Give a sacrifice to God right here. This is how we praise, by the way. When our worship starts, we, we start like this. God, my arms hurt. You know, I've been in the gym lately. My arms a little a little sore. It don't matter, God. I'm sacrificing. I give it to you, God. I yield to you. It says, whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes in the, all over this place. I'm going to do two prayers. The first prayer is for salvation. That's your response to this message with your life. Maybe you, you, you never made the decision to follow Jesus or maybe you did and you walked away from the faith. Maybe you, 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 you literally backslid. You, you turned away. Whoever you are. The Bible says the moment of salvation is right now. Don't let it pass you by. All over this room, what I'm asking you to do, if you want salvation, you want to receive Jesus, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness. We are all sinners, all of us. Not one is perfect. We need grace. We need God. So all over this room, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand if you want Jesus. Maybe for the first time. Or rededication to the Lord. All over this room, I'm, I'm going to count to three, and I want you to raise your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. If you want Jesus, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on. Can you raise your hand straight up so I can see you? Anybody? Is there anybody? 
I see one hand all the way in the back. I see one hand all the way in the back. I see two hands. I see four hands. One, two, three, four. Now do me a favor. I'm asking our pastors to please come up. Our pastors and leaders, our staff team, we're going to come up and we're going to face you. If you raise your hand for salvation, our four friends, I see you. Church, we're, we're about to celebrate them up to the altar. If you raise your hand, can you come up right now to the altar? Come on, can you come out of your seat? Come on, can we cheer them up? Come on, come out of your seat. Come on, do, take another step. There's an altar of sacrifice. Come on, come on up, come on up. Come on, come on, they're coming, they're coming, let's go. Come on up to the front, please, if you raise your hand. Come on up, come on up. Come on, come on, they're coming. Can we make some noise, church? Come on up, lead them to a pastor. Go get them, go get them, go get them. Come on up, come on up. Come on, this is an altar of sacrifice. Come on up, come on up. Amen, amen. Would you come forward, please? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Altars are meant, you know, we do covenants and altars. That's why we get married at the altar. But there's also a sacrifice that happens at the altar. This is a moment that you are being made new. Just stretch your hands together. We're going to pray the salvation prayer of what it means to be saved. I love you, Kevin. I love you. God bless you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Today's the beginning of new creation. Just stretch your hands forward in the name of Jesus. Let's pray together because that's what the Bible says to be saved. Pray in faith. Say, Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I give my life. I receive your leadership. You're my boss. I work for you. Write my name in your book of life. Holy Spirit, enter my heart and guide me and lead me. I pray all these things until I see you face to face. Amen and amen. Church, can we celebrate like heaven is celebrating right now?